Hey everybody, it is Alex and this is the Gym Secrets Podcast and today we're going to be talking about some of the frequently asked questions that we get most commonly from gym owners and we said no holds barred, ask us anything about any part of our lives. Um, hopefully that's not about our program uh, but about other stuff. So um, we are on a plane that we were able to fortunately uh, privately charter uh, for ourselves to get out of the way of Hurricane Maria that was heading towards uh, Puerto Rico. There were no flights left. Um, and so we were fortunate enough to get on uh, this flight. So we uh, are feeling very blessed. And so uh, I want to get back and uh, answer some questions. So Layla has the list of questions. Shoot. Alex, what does it take to be away from your business for 30 days and then 90 days and then a year, etc.? Have it run as close as if you were there. I understand no one will rub your business like you will, but there must be systems in place for this to happen in my belief. That's a great question. And um, this kind of goes back to the the analogy that I use that businesses are like gardens and not like machines. And I know that it's like, it would be really easy for me to sell like the dream of, yeah, like you're gonna, you know, you're gonna own your own business and just print money and it's gonna just like send you checks in the mail all day long and you never have to work. Um, I don't know anyone who does that. Like seriously, I don't know anyone. And like, we've even, you know, we, We've saved our dollars and we're looking at investing in real estate and apartment buildings and things like that. And um, I, I talked to my real estate buddies and I'm like, gosh, I'm like, we got property managers, we got tenants, we got to fix stuff. And I was like, this thing's supposed to be a passive investment. And they're like, ha ha ha, there is no passive income. And so um, it's, you know, they're, the, the reason that the number one McDonald's in the world does a lot more than the, the number 500 McDonald's in the world is because of the guy who's pushing it. Now, I say business can work like a, a garden instead of a machine because a garden, you don't have to be at a garden all day long, right? If you plant it, you plant the seeds, you water it well, it can grow, right? But you still have to weed it, you still have to water it, you still gotta go market and get new seeds and plant new things, you gotta water to bring new flowers, water employees, water clients, but the thing is you don't have to be there all the time. And so um, not being there for 30 days is doable. But not being there for 90 days, that's like a stretch. I mean, like, do I think that gym, like, even the business we have now, do I think gym lunch could run like that? Maybe, but, like, I don't I don't know if I'd want it to. You know, like, the, the, like, I guess it's a really good question because it kind of confronts a different issue, which is, like, most entrepreneurs, like, they seek the dream of freedom until they, like, actually get on the beach and are, like, bored out of their mind after they spend three days, like, doing nothing. And they're like, well, what am I going to do, right? And so it's, I think it's really connecting with the cause that you're behind. So like, if like for us, like I love gym owners, like I love gym owners. I love solving gym owner problems. I, I, I it's all I think about all day long and I try and come up with products and, and, and solutions to issues that I faced and that they, that they have as the marketplace changes. And, um, if you're thinking about your customers like that, you'll be pulled instead of pushed, uh, to work. You'll feel obligated. Like I have to help these people. And um, I think it's by really thinking about creative solutions and elevating your level of service for those customers. I know it's a roundabout question, but anyways, um, yeah, the simple question or simple answer is, uh, can you get your business to run <laughs> uh, on autopilot for a year? Um, on no business, not that I know of, I'll put it that way. I don't know how to do that with the gym and, I've, and I haven't met anyone who can do it either. Um, now with a micro gym that's owner operated, that's that specializes in service, not like a Planet Fitness. That's a facility usage type gym. It's a different animal. But yeah, if, if you're selling service, then it's a, it's it's much more difficult. Okay, next question. <laughs> How do you know when it's appropriate to fire a client or member? 
Oh, how do you know it's appropriate to fire a client or member? Um, as soon as you think about them a lot, um, is pretty much the answer there. Like if I think about someone and I get like a turning feeling in my stomach, I confront them. If the feeling doesn't go away, I remove them. If it's within my control. Next question. How is Charles? Charlie's awesome. He's uh, not really happy with us right now because uh, he's been moving and he's been on planes a bunch. But um, <laughs> he's a cute dog, and I, I, as much as I was against having a pet, um, he's nice to like have a little brightness in your day when you're you just want like a mental break. He loves him more than me now. Anyways, what caused you to shift to from done for you, or I'm sorry, what caused your shift from done with you to done for you? Um, what caused the shift from done with you to done for you? Um, oh, sorry, done for you, done with you. Hey guys, love that you're listening to the podcast. If you ever want to have the video version of this, which usually has more effects, more visuals, more graphs, you know, drawn out stuff, sometimes it can help hit the brain centers in different ways. You can check out my YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. Go check that out if that's what you are into. And if not, keep enjoying the show. Basically, so there's a couple things. One is scaling a sales team each month, like, because what happened is we were able to basically sell out our services with six sales guys, six months out within two weeks. And so for someone like me, that was really frustrating because I like, you know, I was getting on the phone with people being like, yeah, like the first time we can take you seven months from now. And for me to continually scale salesmen was really, really hard because um, it takes a lot of hustle and there's a ton of travel and logistics. Um, not that it was undoable, it just like, there's a lot of moving pieces to it, and because of the logistics and the travel and the hotels, the rental cars, the insurance, um, all that stuff, and me fronting the, the money for the ads and all that stuff, it wasn't as high margin as I wanted it to be. Tons of revenue, but just the margins weren't there. And then the other reason was that I actually had a lot of resentful customers. So, um, like, if someone averages, you know, the gym owners average about 20,000 a year take home income, which is really sad and it's true, and that's what we're trying to fix. But, um, if they're averaging 20,000 a year take home income and then like some dude comes in um, and makes 50 grand in 30 days from his, from, from it was really 21 days from his gym, they didn't really like me that much. Even if I gave them a bunch of customers, they just didn't really like me. So um, I didn't like that and I want my customers to like me, which means I was like, how can I serve them in a different way? And then it also allowed us to scale way faster and make a much bigger impact. So that's why we made the change. What tools should a manager have to determine if coaches are performing and working properly? Um, I use the same thing for customer service, uh, which is I should be getting posts regularly about you, about how amazing you are on Facebook. If I don't see posts with you like almost daily, um, I'm going to think that there's an issue. Um, there should be zero complaints. There should be customers going out of their way to personally tell me how awesome they are and how I don't appreciate my employees enough. <laughs> um, or just like making comments like, you need to pay so-and-so more. They're amazing. Like, like I know. Like, that's why, that's why they're my employee. Like, I know they're great because I hired and I trained them. Um, but uh, what else uh, from uh, the other pieces that like, I know they're doing a good job because like you can like as long as you have cameras and you walk in, um, it's also having good relationships with your customers. Like even with our gym owners, if our service providers aren't doing a good job, like I think everyone has good enough rapport with me to be like, hey, by the way, this sucks, right? And so you want to always, this actually segues into a separate issue point, but you want to always communicate that you have exceptional training and exceptional service and you want to make it clear to everyone that if they don't like, that they need to tell you if they get anything but exceptional service. And so that way your customers start policing your employees for you. 
um, because there's no way you can be everywhere at once. Next question. How do you determine what's most appropriate for your continuing education? Do you budget for it? Um, most appropriate for my continued education. Um, I usually, so I consume a ton of information, courses, seminars, masterminds, like a lot. I, I hire guys for multiple thousands of dollars an hour just to give me two hours of time on like how they're truly doing something and apply it to my business or gym business or whatever. Um, I wish I could give you like the kosher answer. I invested like probably three quarters of my income for the first three years in learning more stuff. So I think that I think that your mind is the long game. Like you are the you are the biggest investment you can make because ultimately like if everything's taken from me, like I can make it all over again because I have because I made that investment. Um, it's like the, it's honestly like the easiest future proofing. Like you want to feel secure, get better. You know what I mean? Get smarter. Get faster. Get Anyways, I don't need to go on a tangent there, but that's that's my personal honest answer um, is I spend all the money I possibly can and I just try and make sure that I vet who I'm spending the money with that they're actually awesome. And the way that I see that is what have you done and is it for people like me and have you taken them to where I want to go? When you tithe your income, is it a direct deposit or do you write the check? Does it all go to the same place? Um, so for us, so yeah, I mean, it's a little bit faith-based for us, but, uh, so there's tithes and offerings. So for us, tithes is 10%. Um, and so we give 10% of what our income is. So, you know, the business can make whatever the business makes. Um, but then whatever we write ourselves as a check is what we tithe off of. And then an offering would be anything that we go above and beyond that tithe, which is always to our church. Um, so we tithe through our church, um, because that's what's recommended, um, which is Malachi, uh, gosh, I wish I could remember the, the first amount. It's like Malachi 13 something. Uh, but anyways, uh, I, I always remember it because it's um, like basically if you, give to, if you give to the Lord, uh, he says, test me in this and watch and see if I don't open up the, the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there won't be enough room to store it. And um, basically that's been true for us. So I'd highly recommend doing it. And yeah, we do. Uh, we just pay via ACH. And that'll be uh, all the FAQs for this podcast, and we're going to continue them in the next one.